Hey, this is Evergreen, where our stories never go out of season. I'm Caleb, and I'm an audio engineer, and that is Mitchell. And I'm a journalist. Here we explore the one thing that brings us together, storytelling. Every tale is written from prompts that are given to us by our listeners. And then we bring those stories to life with atmosphere and sound design. And today's storyteller is Seasons of Skyrend. Yeah, they're a 5th edition D&D podcast, and the prompts that we gave them for their story were a farming commune, an uncomfortable futon, and an enchanted heirloom. So get ready, find a quiet place, that's a good movie, put on some headphones, and enjoy Finding Rest. The rooster crows. Seemingly earlier than yesterday, and probably a few breaths earlier than the day before. The rooster crows. And the sun isn't even cresting the horizon yet, which is saying something for this part of the country. The rooster crows. I swear, one of these mornings I will put that blasted rooster out of my misery. Natal mumbled under his breath as he rolled out of the old futon. Natal thinks of himself as a good man, all things considered. He does his duty. The commune doesn't ask much, but then that's the way it's always been. Every day, Natal is up with the rooster ready to tend to his patch of soil. He doesn't grow anything fancy like the Jamesons next door. No sweet cherries for Natal. No, he grows hardy squash, green and dense and full of everything a stomach needs to keep working each day. Natal honors the culturalists, their leaders, each week with labor freely given mending fences and patching the occasional leaky roof. His dedication to service lets him move freely throughout the commune, except, of course, into the prayer room. The Light of Birth, they call it. A place of deep devotion. Only the culturalists and those ready to give birth are allowed entry. There was a time he thought that light was for him, but now it's no more than an aching memory. As Natal moves throughout the commune, he never draws more than a half-smile from those whom he would like to consider friends. And in his mind, they could. After all, Natal had never done anything to give them reason to doubt his faith or loyalty. But in his heart, Natal feels them push back. For all that he has done, he knows they keep their distance for what he has failed to do. There is little the culturalists ask of the commune. In the end, they just ask that you farm. You cultivate the land, the community, and the people themselves. For them, 
The pinnacle of life is providing for the next day. Food, shelter, faith, and even the next generation. All who are capable of fulfilling these simple demands have a place here. The greatest sin, as Natal or any school child would know, is a barren field. The land that bears no food starves the family. The soul that bears no witness starves the faithful. And the couple that bears no children starves the future. But whereas the land can be tilled and fertilized, and souls can be enlightened, there is no remedy for a family with no tree. The culturalists make no exceptions on this point. If a person is unable to complete this most basic of tasks, they must be made to satisfy the community in another way. Natal had never seen it himself, because it was in the light of birth, but he had heard rumors of an old magical heirloom. According to the whispers, the culturalists could use it to speak directly with the earth. The very spirits they revered each and every day. And the earth was just as demanding as the culturalists themselves. More so even, because it did not bother differentiating between the life that sprouted from its soil and the people who toiled to make it possible. Perrin was the most nurturing woman Natal had ever met. To this day, her family still farms the leaves that are used to make the only medicine the commune allows. Their time together was special, and every time he saw her smile, it was like bringing home the first harvest. To call their life fulfilling did no justice to the joy they brought each other. Their years together were bountiful, but it was the coldest day of their lives when they discovered she could bear no children. Whatever the cause, the only remedy prescribed by the culturalists was to be found in the light of birth. As Perrin disappeared behind that door for the last time, they fought back the tears, fearing they would never see each other again. As the earth would have it, Natal slept alone that night, and has every night since. Their old futon mattress still bore the depression where Perrin would sleep, and each night Natal slid into his own, reaching for the hand he would never hold again. But today, today Natal would find solace, if only for a moment. After collecting his latest harvest, he wanders over to the light of birth with his toolkit in hand. Although he would never be allowed inside, he still took pride in maintaining the exterior. And today, he would take even more. As the sun inches to midday, Natal feels confident. Taking a screwdriver from his toolkit, he carefully pries open a window into the light of birth. climbs in past the heavy fabric curtains. 
inside the light of birth for the first time, Natal cannot help but be struck with awe. Even now, he's moved. The floor's bare dirt, soft between his toes. Each step leaves a clear footprint as he makes his way onto a green handwoven rug in the center of the room. Old farming tools hang on the walls, still appearing to be in good condition. A simple pair of beeswax candles burn on a small table at the far end of the room, their light casting flickering shadows behind him. Between them, Natal finds what he knows to be the old enchanted heirloom. Though he had never seen it before, he can feel it calling to him. This had to be it. It was small, no bigger than his hand. Carved from oak and granite and resembling a tree in full bloom, Natal knows this is what took his joy. This is what took Perrin from him. Even so, his hand pauses as Natal reaches out to take the heirloom. He had already broken several covenants today, but this would be worse than sin. To steal the voice of God, they don't even have a law to fit this crime the culturalists, and this god had taken something just as valuable to him. With returning resolve, Natal lifts the heirloom from the table, and before he can hide it in his toolkit, he pauses. He has to know. Lifting it to his face, he asks in a hushed tone, Do you... Do you even regret taking Perrin from me? With a pregnant pause, he stares at it, examining how the stone and wood intertwine, desperately hoping, yet fearing, an answer. God wasn't talking, or God wasn't listening. Either way, he had to leave. For the first time since he was a boy, Natal walks home while the sun is still up. He closes the door behind him without bothering to latch it. After all, it was only a matter of time before his crime was discovered, and he simply had nowhere else on earth to go. And so, Natal finds his way to their old futon. Rest at this time of day was only for the elderly, but despite the lack of gray in his hair, Natal feels that he is just as short on years as any of them. With the heirloom in one hand, he pulls back the blankets from his side of the futon and stops. Natal walks around to Perrin's side before slipping into the depression that she left for him, the only proof he still had that she was a part of his life. The lumps are in all the wrong spots for Natal leaving him uncomfortable physically. But this was the closest he had been to being in her arms for far too long. His heart smiled before giving way to tears. And there, with everything else in his life fading into the back of his mind, Natal finds rest. The rooster crows and the sun isn't even up yet. 
The burning light of the torches and the agitated voices must have woke him. The rooster crows, and the crowd marches hurriedly to Natal's door. The clang of shovels and pitchforks mark their arrival. The rooster crows, and from beneath the blankets, Natal smiles and holds on to the last moment of peace he will ever know. The rooster crows. Um, I quite enjoyed that. Oh man, yeah, um, that was a, that wasn't. That's how you do an ending. <laughs> Jeez, that's a that's one that sits with you, man. I really I really enjoyed that. That was really cool. Um, I enjoyed it as well. Um, one of the things that I liked the most about it was that the. One of the things that I enjoyed about it the most was that it was like full, um, I don't know, it, it kind of had a theme to it. it. It felt very, the farming commune obviously defined most of the story, that topic. Uh, his voice worked perfectly with that theme. It reminded me of Over the Garden Wall, specifically the episode where there's the the uh, the pumpkin creatures uh, and they're, well, the main one has a really deep voice. For anybody who has no idea what that is, I just wasted about twenty seconds. So it's it's he's very much. It felt very. It felt very culty. Like it did feel like their farming commune was yeah. this isolated, scary cult, which has kind of been a lot of media has been using now. Like you have like that episode in Over the Garden Wall. There's also now uh, Far Cry Five. Like it is kind of that that rural, scary, like um, just farming in the woods. Everyone, but kind of yeah. like the village. I don't know. Like, it, no, no, it felt like the village. Um, something strange that I didn't really understand the first time was inside of the light of birth when he goes in. There was just the enchanted heirloom. There was like nobody there, and his whole goal of going in there was talking essentially to this rock and or like okay, it's not a rock. It's an heirloom. But basically the whole point of that was that God or whatever possessed that rock that people worshipped, which is the vibe I got out of it, it, it or whatever, he didn't respond. Like, what a, what, a, what a letdown. This main character goes in to light a birth, breaks the most holy rule of all time, do not enter. It, it, he said to himself, I love the, the line where he says, they don't even have laws um, to punish this crime because of how bad it is. It's like, um, why would you do it? Just it's obviously. like, why would you do it? And then nothing happened. And no, I kind of, I kind of like it though. It's, it, you know, it's just it. 
it, it it's a very interesting kind of because in, in some stories that would be the moment of like seeing the Wizard of Oz behind the machine like that or seeing but, the creature from the village yeah how or, big that is and realizing know? what it is but it it doesn't change how the character sees the world it doesn't change the brainwashing it doesn't change his situation he understands what comes next yeah like he knows what he's in for he knows what he's done and he knows what he's left to live with it's it's a very guttural like almost visceral like really it's very it's a very very somber scene but there's something very some raw emotion about it even even in the disappointment it's also kind of creepy because there was lit candles like i noticed there was there was lit candles around in the light of birth the the heirloom was there and there was a green carpet and then there was lit candles yet the door that he he got in he had to pry it open to just get it open so yeah, it's so like with the candles i know it's like what was in there <laughs> yeah it was really that maybe was, that was the spirit or whatever was the enchanting piece of that heirloom i guess i don't know yeah i love when a good story can really really transport you to a, just a different a different world in of that like a different frame of mind like to think like to think like natal all the way through to the end you really get into his his care like his mindset, which to be fair makes sense with what Skyrim, what they what those guys do. They get into characters' heads, so I'm not surprised by how good they how they, good they did it. Something very specific that I would say is the world building in this episode was really really good, and of course it's without question it's because he's a DM. Uh, season of Skyrim is Dungeons and Dragons, um, and for do- for those of you who don't know what a DM does, just really really loosely let you know a dm the or the dungeon master basically creates the story and the world that the characters get to play in because it's a, it's a tabletop game it's a role-playing game you can do whatever you want or you can attempt anything uh and you'll see if you succeed or not but it's the dm's job to create the world that they play in they yeah. in, in in a sense he it's his job to create the player's skyrim he basically all, yeah, like, and, like if you've ever played a video game he yeah, creates yeah, yeah. that world for them he's he, the dm is essentially solely responsible for creating the entertaining aspect, filling the world with interesting things. And you can easily see that this world was not just the topic of, an, of a, sorry, the, um, the farming commune, but everything in the world felt related to that. Like, it wasn't just the location or the setting, it was, uh, <laughs> dare I say, lore <laughs> that was created by this, uh, just this small story. It had so much lore to it, it was like crazy. There was definitely more going on than just what the main character told us was going on but i mean you, let's let's let them talk a little bit about what it is that they do and how they create their stories let's hear what season of skyron's dm has to say scott blake hello my name is scott blake and i am the host and dm for seasons of skyron a custom fifth edition dungeons and dragons podcast adventure the story you just heard finding rest was an interesting story for me to write The three prompts I was given were an enchanted heirloom, a farming commune, and an uncomfortable futon. What made it interesting for me was the fact that I wrote the whole story, had a little bit of a bad day on a personal level, and then completely rewrote it. Storytelling is a reflection of life, and when life changes, so too must our stories. I wanted to write a tale of loss and, from an introspective side, redemption. There are times in our lives when we feel our world crumbling, and even a small victory can help us find solid ground, even if it's only so we can be on our feet when the worst comes. 
It was such a pleasure to write and record a story for the great folks at Evergreen. I can't thank them enough for giving me this opportunity. Once I listened to a few episodes, I knew I wanted to be a part of it and to put a little Seasons of Skyrim flavor into their feed. While this tale was a little more somber than most of our episodes, Seasons of Skyrim still focuses in on our characters and the consequences they face. But don't worry, we still have plenty of action. Our story takes place in a custom setting I created so that everyone, players and listeners alike, could explore a new setting together, where the world is constantly unfolding. Come join Grey the Great, our half-elf bard, Vale, our changeling rogue, and Master Darvin Grimm, our human monk, as they explore the world of Skyren, make deals with shady politicians, and stand up to arrogant gods. We've been going at it for over a year now, and new episodes are released every Thursday. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, and on pretty much every podcast service out there. We're also on Twitter at Skyrend Podcast if you'd like to reach out to us. And you can find me at The Scott Blake. Come on by and listen to our stories. So we just want to thank Scott Blake as well as anybody in Seasons of Skyrend for contributing to uh, this Evertale. I really enjoyed it. I I thought it was awesome. Um, and yeah, it's, it's great having a just a D&D related podcast because when it comes to story i mean that's kind of their bag it's what they do and yeah if you if you have half a mind head on over to their podcast give it a listen i know they just had their uh their season finale for their first book so definitely now would be the time to jump on in and give them a give them an old listen see what see what big bad evil guys they're fighting yeah (laughs) this story it's just had so many good one-liners like it had so many things that were just like oh man or little moments of like um the, the descriptions of things like when when Natal climbs into the the kind of the um, the place in the uh, futon where his girl used to sleep and it's just and it's that's like rough, that's man. the that's, that's so the last hard. time that I will get to hug her or have her sorry have her embrace me it's like oh my gosh I Real don't know emotion. oh and then even the um, when the rooster's crowing at the beginning and then eventually he's just like I just want to put that rooster out of my misery. <laughs> That's so good. It's just so the funny. Rooster crows. I know. So I can't. What a, I can't, what a good I can't voice. Do the, he is, I can't do good, your voice justice, man. What a good voice. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's about time. That time of day again. That time of podcast again. That we figure out what's happening next episode of Evergreen. Yes, we have another special guest. Would you like to tell us about it, Mitchell? Sure. We'll keep this going. We have a Westland Fairy Tale. They are a storytelling audio drama style podcast. That every week they bring their not original... Not Dungeons and Dragons. Not, not Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons. Dragons related. They're just, they're just regular old fantastic storytellers. Sounds familiar. Sounds perfectly complimentary to our podcast. So yeah. That's going to be good. It's been, it's been, honestly, it's been a long time coming. We're really excited for for you guys to give a, give a gander to their story. Um, but in the meantime, we need to give them some topics. So let's figure that yes, out, Caleb. Let us do it. All right. We have... 105. 105. That is, let me check, U.S. War Crimes. And that is from, that's from Kellyanne Fisher. Fantastic. That's going to get, yeah, that's going to be good. Um, 20. Um, a Missing Key from a friend of the podcast, Ronald Miller. He was on uh, 
the future of forests or the forests of the future. He was on an episode previously. He wrote an episode. He yeah. wrote an episode. The the cool Blade Runner driving in the rain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One. So that it's cool. Awesome. He he sends his topics our way. So a missing key. That's uh, topic number two. Perfect. And the last one. Seventy-seven. Seventy-seven. That is a fishing trip, and that is from Ian Fong. Perfect. Thank you, everybody, for contributing your topics. As always, you can add topics uh, via Gmail uh, or later going to be on our website that you'll be able to uh, to send some topics in through that. The easiest um, way is probably to just at me on Twitter, which is at oh yeah, evergreencast. Just, just honestly, just send them my way. And or we'll DM add them to us the on Instagram. We're if you don't want to tell us uh, for the rest of the world to see. Um, yeah. But yeah, keep an eye out on our Twitter and on our Instagram. We'll be announcing fun things, like, for instance, uh, second week in a row mentioning it, we are quickly getting closer to our Q&A, our first evergreen mailbag episode. Yeah, the reason why... <laughs> <laughs> the reason why we have not even said the date is because there is no date. Great. So yeah, we're, we're just, okay. we just have so many people who um, want to tell stories. Honestly, we actually have. A, it's awesome. We have this backlist of of people that we want to tell uh, stories that that want to tell stories and that that we um, are, have promised a slot for essentially. And we're like, it's it's that actually is getting longer, man. It's actually kind of like it's such a compliment to me that that we have a wait list. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, That's just really it, complimentary. It's that pretty amazing because we haven't been—we're not quite a year. We're coming up on a year, but we've—we've we've been doing this for a little while, and I did not think this many people would want to come on and tell their stories. Actually, no, we're not coming up on a year. We started in October, so we have a little ways. We have the summer. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, <laughs> if it's every two weeks and we're at episode twenty-two. Hey, we used to do it every two every week. That's right. We did used so, to do it every week. Which which mind. one day no, will one day maybe. one day dreams. Thank you so much for listening, uh, man. Um, it was fun. Was it fun? I, I had fun. Okay, good, good. As long as you had fun. I worked hard on this episode, and um, I'm excited for the next episode to come out and for us to en- enjoy. We will all enjoy. So you guys have a good one. Enjoy, and... Um, why You flipped me off. There are stories everywhere, <laughs> and anyone can tell a story. Uh, peace be with you. What? And with you.